sit here in the U.S. and I'm thinking to myself, I'm never, ever going to make it to the Olympics, but getting the chance to run against these Koreans that are actually going to go to the Olympics. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's just an incredible feeling just to even toe the line with somebody at that level. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode eight of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. I had such a blast sitting down with my guest, Amy Natalini, this week on Patriots Day. We talked homeschooling, haircuts, and healthcare fundraising in these crazy COVID times we're all immersed in, and of course, all things running. Amy is such an impressive person, and I enjoyed our conversation so much. What a running resume. She set a goal for herself of running 50 marathons before the age of 40, and she's actually beaten it already. She's run 53 at the age of 38 and has decided to raise the stakes and push the goal up to 60 before age 40. Sadly for all of us, who knows when we'll be able to run a real race again, but as far as I'm concerned, if you rock out 26.2 on your watch and record it in Strava, it counts by my standards. She's been a member of the Air Force Marathon team for the past five years, achieving some impressive results. In the last go-round, she had the opportunity to qualify for the World Military Games, which took place in Wuhan, China. In her training lead-up to that, where she was in great shape, she somehow managed to injure herself the day before boarding a flight for 14 hours and slipped a disc in her back. When they got over to China, she was obviously very tentative with that going on and was really wondering about how the race was going to happen or if it could happen at that point but she managed to get treatment by a Cairo over there who was there with the U.S. athletes and helped get her, you know, to the line. And she was able to run her fastest marathon ever and clock a 2.53. And that was the experience of a lifetime for her, competing against runners from all around the globe in that environment. It was exciting to hear her tell that story. In addition, we talked all the way back to where her interest for running first came about all the way back to her fifth grade teacher, Roy Brown, who was a huge Boston marathoner who used to put his bibs up all around the classroom and recruit kids to run relay races back in, in her fifth grade days. And that's kind of where her first interest for the sport came. She got roped into running a half marathon her sophomore year of college and was supposed to be running half of the 13 miles. And the person that she was doing it with dropped out at the last minute and she ended up having to run the whole thing. So Amy's one of those people, if you put a challenge in front of her, she's going to figure out a way to get it done. This year, in addition to her marathoning schedule and her work with the Air Force, she decided she was going to tackle an ultra. And they set out to run the Civil Rights March route from Selma to Montgomery, which is a 50-mile loop. And that was a cause that was near and dear to her heart. And she got her husband and daughter involved along with a few runners who are going to help her tackle the course 50 miles and break it up into sections. And of course, COVID-19 happened and pretty much no one else ran the course except her and her husband drove around to give support and her daughter was there as well. And they also ran a couple of sections of the course with her late to uh, bring her some company and help her with fluids and aid stations, which was just an awesome story. I think it's great that uh, she did something that meant, uh, meant something to not only her, but got her family involved with that as well. 
Also found out that uh, they got a little side hustle going on. Her and her husband are getting into the coaching business and they're working with some athletes down there in Alabama. And you can tell that she's excited about that and where that is going to go for them, working with uh, people in their run community. She's got a great energy and a great spirit. So if any runners in that area are looking for a coach, I would definitely be looking up Amy and seeing what she's up to. I definitely am excited to follow her run journey from here. I think she's a great chance to run in the next Olympic trials. And it's certainly something that is in her wheelhouse if she continues to progress at the level she has. At any rate, I thoroughly enjoyed this convo and I hope you all do as much as Amy and I did as well. So let's dive on in and take a listen. Natalini, happy Patriots Day and welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you? I'm good, Ron. How are you doing today? Oh, gosh, I'm doing well or as well as we can under these crazy uh, circumstances we're in, right? Absolutely. So how are you and the family holding up down there in Alabama? What's it, what's it like on the ground down there? Uh, Alabama is getting hot. Um, we sort of skipped over springtime, so we're starting to get up into the seventies already. Um, I'm not sure if it actually has any influence on what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, we are under a state stay at home order, but, uh, a lot of businesses are still open people out and about, uh, lots of people wearing masks. Um, people have been getting out and walking more, running more, um, schools are closed, uh, we're not actually sure if my daughter is going to be going back to school shortly. Um, as of right now, they're planning on reopening on the fourth, but that is the, it's kind of a TBD on whether or not they're actually going to open on the fourth. Um, otherwise she's at home, stay at home schooling. And so I get to go to class and she gets to go to class with me <laughs> at our kitchen table. <laughs> We got multiple classes going on. Absolutely. How old is your daughter? She's 10. Okay. So what grade What grade would she be in? She's in fifth grade. Fifth grade. And how's, how's she handling it? Uh, she misses her friends a lot. Um, she usually wakes up at six in the morning. She's highly motivated to get up and get her schoolwork done more than I would have ever been when I was in fifth grade. Uh, she sits down, knocks out her schoolwork in about two hours and then pretty much has the rest of the day to play around, call her friends on FaceTime. And of course she has a run streak going right now. So she goes for her run, her one mile run. I love it. So you've, you've already drafted her. We have a future runner on tap. Absolutely. Good stuff. So let everybody know your Instagram name. Um, cause you know, Amy's a great follow on Instagram. Uh, so it's USAF Amy runs, uh, the USAF is the air force the United States Air Force. <laughs> uh, and I think I've had that handle for, I don't know, maybe three years, something like that. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, tell the listeners, because I know just from you know following you and, and getting involved, uh, you know, tracking your running journey a little bit, you run for the Air Force Marathon team, right? That's right. Yep. I've been doing that for five years now. Um, the competition is 
for the marathon, we get a chance to go run at the Air Force Marathon. Uh, that's in Dayton, Ohio, at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, and then our championship is against the other services, the Marine Corps, the Army, the Navy. Um, and that's at the Marine Corps Marathon in D.C. So that's where it all goes down at MCM. That is. We yeah. throw down against the Marines. That's right. <laughs> the rumble in the jungle. I love it. So how do you, how have you guys fared in that recently in that competition? Uh, let's see. Two years ago, I think we got second or third. And then last year, we got second. Uh, it was a World Military Games year uh, to qualify for the games. And so the Marine Corps took the top three athlete finishers for men and women, and we ended up going to the World Military Games. So uh, I think I got third that year. And so I, I had a chance to travel to China and be on the team for that. Wow. That's really awesome. So how many people were you vying with to where you were in top three, but how many people were you vying with for that spot? Uh, there's 20 of us, I think there's usually five people per team, uh, four or five people. Uh, and then it's four services and then the Brits always bring a team and the Canadians bring a team. So a little friendly competition against the military services. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for your service. So we all have to, I would tip, I'll tip my cap because we can see each other in the zoom window. I don't want to take my cap off because then I have to take my headphones off and it's going to get all complicated. So when's the last time you got a haircut? Oh, these are, Amy, these are not problems I have. I mean, listen, I just, I just take the buzzers out and, you know, just take care of business. It's, it's fairly straightforward for me. I, I feel for the ladies out there and for the men that have the uh, the flowing manes, I have no such problems. It's buzzer city for me, and uh, I you know I can basically take care of it in like five minutes. So that's that's perfect. My husband's the same way because he shaves his head completely bald. Oh, he goes How, full bald. However, I will say over the last what are we at thirty eight days, he hadn't shaved his beard. He just went full blown retired you know Air Force guy. <laughs> uh, he had to go into work today. And he had to shave. I'm like, who is this strange guy walking around my house with no beard? Yeah. So he went from full on scruff to, you know, clean shaven. Like what's happening That's right. here? Yeah. yeah. I think I scared the crap out of a bunch of people one time. I, I, I went with a full shave and I know I scared my son because I actually shaved my head <laughs> one time and I came home and like a bunch of people told me like, hey, you look really good, really good. My son looks at me, he says, dad, what did you do? And I was like, <laughs> what? And he's like, it looks terrible. You look, it's horrible. No. It's this big glowing dome. <laughs> yeah. Like he was not, he was not happy about it. Yep. He, you know, that's cool though. You need your son or daughter to just like weigh in on stuff, have an opinion, have a take. We don't, we don't like to be shy on run chats, man. We just like, we put it right out there. So jumping back to the chance to go over to China and run, that's where you ran your marathon PR. That's where you rocked uh, 253, right? That is absolutely awesome. What a trip. I will tell you. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we had found out that we were going to go on the trip over the summer. So this is summer 2019. And, uh, you know, we did a lot of preparation. I, at the time was training with McCurdy trained and, um, 
had a plan to get through. I was still going to run Chicago and then I was going to get on an airplane after Chicago and fly out to San Francisco where we were going to kind of stage. And we took, I want to say we took, you know, 300 athletes uh, because it was the world military games. It's every Olympic sport. So basketball and soccer and track and field. And the marathon was just one event. And, you know, I ended up injuring myself that weekend that we were leaving. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I took, uh, this ridiculous tumble and slipped a disc and then got on an airplane and flew 12 hours to China. Well, that must have made it all better. Uh, uh, I was absolutely miserable for about a week and a half. But, you know, my husband says it's probably the best thing that could have happened because I couldn't run. And so I was, you know, trying to keep up my run streak by running a mile a day and then getting on the bicycle for 30 minutes. And that was it. That's all I could do. Uh, and then we finally had one of the chiropractors slip the disc back in. And I was super tentative about getting out on the course and running that race. But I mean, just the experience of going out there and being on kind of this international stage for the first time. I mean, you go to the majors and you know it's a huge competition, but I'm an amateur runner. I have a full-time job. I will likely never be at the same level as a Des Linden or a Shalane Flanagan. No, I will never be at the <laughs> level of Des Linden, but um, getting the chance to go and compete against these other Olympic runners who, you know, they do go and compete. They would have competed in Tokyo this year if the Olympics was still happening. Um, that was amazing. I mean, what a cool experience for you. Um, first off, how about the forced, uh, forced taper, hashtag forced taper, Oh my know, God, yeah. slip disc, can't run. I mean, if something like that happened to us a little more often, we might actually have better races because, you know, we're, we're, we're those type A crazies that I'm still throwing in tempo miles like the week of the race. And, you know, I don't, I don't really let my foot off the brake very often. And I personally, I mean, we all have an approach to training and we all have to learn what's going to work best for Amy, what works best for Ron. For me, extended tapers have never worked for me. So I need to run right through the race. And I think that's one of the reasons I was able to hold up well last year doing, you know, doing all the majors. But other people, they really need to back it off. They really need to cut their mileage way down. And I think it's just one of those things you just have to figure out by trial and error. And you won't really know until you get it. Or if you kind of have some, you know, strange occurrence like this happen um, and, and it works out in your favor. That was a total fluke <laughs> because I was going to run Chicago and then two weeks later I was going to run in China and then I was going to turn around leaving China on a Monday and I had to be in New York on sat uh, Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's my kind of schedule. Yeah, I like it. That, I'm smiling big. I have a big smile for everybody who will be tuning into this. I love, I love people with crazy big goals that big hairy ass goals who just throw it out there and, you know, take a, take a big swing at, at running and at life. Um, cause we need more of that. Um, and I think if anything, if you're, if anybody, there's so much to learn from what we're going through right now, cause we're, we're all being tested in ways that we just can't even really figure out right now. But, you know, I, as I've reflected an awful lot recently on just different, you know, parts of my life, I think the times when I, really the most fulfilled and the most happy looking back. It's, it's when I went all in and I just took a huge swing at something. Did I crash and burn many times when I did? Of course I did. But you know what? That's how we learn what our limits are. You know, you talked about Des and them. The reason they're great 
is because they've learned through time and through trial and error how much they can actually push themselves. How far can they get? Can they go to 120 miles a week, 140? And if it isn't the actual mileage they're pushing, it's the, the intensity of the workouts and how many hard workouts a week and how can they recover and then, you know, race at their best, be at their best on race day, whatever the conditions. And, you know, we'll always hold Dez up as our hero for, you know, coming through. And, and, and of course, Yuki too. I mean, you know, Yuki became this, this rock star legendary figure. He certainly was already idolized by many in the community for just showing up and racing everywhere and dropping like a zillion 220s, <laughs> wearing, yeah. out, wearing outfits sometimes, no less. But yeah, I mean, and the announcers are talking about him like he's some like age group athlete who just like popped on the Boston Marathon course. Like, you know, okay, what is this guy doing? Um, sorry, do your homework, announcers. Know a little bit about the people in the field. Come on now. So yeah, that was wild. But I, I really enjoyed, I don't know about you, uh, all the Boston posts going on. And I want to get into that a little bit. I just want to jump back one more time on the, the championship race over in China. What was it like to wear you know, the U.S. colors, where the uniform represent, what, what was that all like? What was that experience like? Okay. So I have, um, a beef with the air force Okay, <laughs> because whenever we get issued uniforms for runs like this, mm -hmm. it's always better to just bring your own stuff. Okay. <laughs> Cause you're going to get that cotton blend shorts to wear and you know, that you're going to be putting something on that's going to chafe three ways to Sunday. Right. So, yeah. so uh, no. So we had, uh, singlets ordered for us. They were beautiful, you know, um, big USA across the front and you line up and everybody around you has their own colors on Canada and Spain and China and North Korea and Iran and everybody had runners. And I mean, I sit here in the U S and I'm thinking to myself, I'm never, ever going to make it to the Olympics, but uh, getting the chance to run against these Koreans that are actually going to go to the Olympics. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's just an incredible feeling just to even toe the line with somebody at that level. And they're not, they're not slouches by any means. I mean, these women are running 230, 235. And, um, I mean, when we were in Wuhan, it's, it's a completely different, uh, environment than what we're used to here. Um, there's a lot more uh, pollution than I was used to. I mean, Alabama doesn't really have any pollution. It's very warm here, but uh, it was warm where we were in China as well. And just to kind of go out and run through this beautiful course that they had set up for us. Um, I don't know. Running the majors is different, right? Because you get out on the roads and there's these crowds that are just unbelievable. And they tell you, you shouldn't even wear music because you won't be able to hear it. Um, you could run in Wuhan in this competition and you could have heard a pin drop other than some feet shuffling on the sidewalk. There were people, you know, kind of looking at us like, is this really happening? <laughs> what are these crazy people doing running 26.2 miles through this, you know, beautiful park that they had set up and we did it. Um, the Americans, obviously we, we are amateurs. We didn't have a, a winning team. But I, I think everybody PR'd on the team. And so we had a great showing personal, uh, personal record-wise. Uh, our men's team did great, too. What, a, what an amazing experience for you. Um, and and to, to the way you just captured that, um, I can visualize it. 
You're right. Um, when we run these big races, we are we're surrounded. You know, there's people everywhere, and we we we're never more aware of it than we are right now because we can't be around anybody right now, and it's it's just it hurts everyone. I mean, I'm an extrovert with a capital E and like 128 point bold type. Like I, I'm not made for this. I'm not uh, Walden going off into the woods, you know, to do ever Thoreau going off into the woods to do Walden Pond. Like that's that's not me. You can't you can't lock me up and, and tell me I can't run with my friends and do all that. But unfortunately, with New York being just crushed right now in the epicenter of this. You know, I made a decision the first day that this thing really broke. I was not going to run with any of my friends. It wasn't about social distancing away from them and taking pictures when I'm 10 feet away. Nope, sorry, can't do it. Um, got a mom with lymphoma for almost 30 years, and it's a time to think of others. You can't be worrying about it whether you're sick or you think you're going to get sick. You got to be thinking of everybody else, and that's the only way we're going to make it through such a difficult situation like this. And it's. Um, it's just really challenging us on so many levels, but we got to stay the course. We got to be patient. And like good runners, like marathoners, we know it's all about like hanging in there. And I always say, stay in the fight. We got to just stay in there and keep, you know, being patient. And it's the hardest thing in the world when people want to go back to work and they want to go back outside. And I think you even talked about it. I've noticed so many more people outside now, whether they're kids are on scooters or um, maybe they're want, the wife's riding a bike and the husband's running or vice versa that I've never, ever seen in my life. And, you know, on some, on some level, I feel like just saying, like, get off my road. What are you doing here? You've never been here in your life. I need yeah. six feet of space. So people were laughing at my Strava post last night because I ran 13 miles like around my buildings. Like it's, you know, a 0.75 or 0.8 my loop that I'd never run in my single life because I run right along the water, which is magnificent. Why wouldn't you do that? But lately it's become incredibly stressful with so many extra people out there and there's a curfew. And so I'm trying to run at really odd times. I was running at midnight, so I wouldn't have to worry about that. Now all bets are off. And I run with a, I run with a, a buff on every single run. I put it up right up underneath my glasses. I ran 13 miles last night with a buff on every step. <laughs> and I was in like the 7.30 somewhere, like 7.33 pace. I was really, I couldn't believe like the first mile was like 8.40 because you're not ever warmed up when you go out the door. And after that, I was really surprised that I'm getting more used to breathing with that on. So I, I tell everybody it's altitude training. So you can, Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're come fall. You're going to be set. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And then I'll come down to Alabama and run with you and your husband, like 900 degree humidity. So that'll, that'll get me ready to roll too. Uh, yeah. This is poor man's altitude training down here for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, ver it's version two. I mean, we got a lot of versions right now. Heat, humidity. Now we have bandana running or buff running, or, you know, I call, I said, I said, I ran a masked half in my Strava title last night, but I really, really just want to know how many more bank robberies are happening right now. Oh yeah. Well, I, I think I, in some of my posts I put, I'll take sequential, non-sequential hundred dollar, non-marked hundred dollar bills, please. Like, you know, everybody's trying to be funny and come yeah. up with the puns, but we, we gotta, ha we gotta keep our sense of humor. It's important. We have to. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So tell us, take us back. When did you get your start in running or even in sports as a kid? Like, tell me, tell me where that all started. Uh, okay. Um, so I think a lot of people know this story. <laughs> I always, I always go way, way back to when I was in fifth grade, I had a teacher, his name was Roy Brown, I actually still keep in touch with him. Uh, he lives up in Michigan, which is where my parents, uh, live right now. And, uh, he used to have us go out and run relay races 
uh, in the parking lot of our elementary school. Uh, he had every single one of his uh, Boston Marathon bibs just lining our classroom around the top of the classroom. And I can remember thinking to myself, like, what is this crazy person <laughs> going out and running all these races? <laughs> but that's where we started. Um, I didn't really run too much track in high school. Um, I was more into music. Uh, and then I didn't run at all really in college other than for ROTC and to stay fit for that. Um, and then I did run a half a marathon in my sophomore year at Michigan State. It went awful. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, I did it because uh, my aunt had a friend who was supposed to be running a marathon relay. And so one person would do the first half, the second person would do the second half. And the person, one of the people fell out. And so they, they needed a runner. And she's like, you can run 13 miles, right? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't walk for like two weeks afterwards. It was awful. Hashtag you're on your own. I love That's right. it. So all the way back to fifth grade relays, I love going, I love that. I like taking the deep dive back to, to where it all started. And a teacher with Boston bibs on the walls, this guy's a man from, he's got my heart captured. I, yeah. I, wish, I wish I had him as a teacher for sure. So what, were, you, were you fast back then? Were you, were you, were you kicking butt or were you, were you how, were, how were the races going back then when you were just chasing kids across the schoolyard? Uh, I, I don't remember. That was so <laughs> long ago. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I've always been a middle of the pack runner. That's fine. Yeah. So you weren't, you weren't blessed with some great speed. You weren't like numero uno, but it definitely was your initial interest. That's where, that's where you first, uh, got some interest in running. Yeah. And then you said sophomore year of college, half marathon. Mm hmm. And that experience didn't go well. What did you run just for the fun of it? Because we know how fast you are now. Do you remember? I think I was just right around two hours. I love it. So for everybody listening at home, right around two hours, Amy's PR for a half is 123.51 now. So things have changed <laughs> just a wee bit since then. But isn't it great to, to look back and, and think about what it was like? I mean, and you probably felt like you were going to die and you could never finish. I mean, at what point in that race did you, did you think you actually were going to make it all the way through? Uh, so it was the Detroit international marathon. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I started my, I was the second half of the relay, uh, and you kind of go down into Indian village, uh, which is one of the neighborhoods in downtown Detroit. And they always have a block party set up and it is amazing because people will go out there and they'll set up beer tables. If you haven't gone out to this race, this is like, it's my hometown race. How can I not love it? It is so great, <laughs> but I think at that, like once I got past the beer tables, keep in mind, I was not old enough to drink at the time, sophomore <laughs> in college, I'm not old enough to drink. <laughs> We're not going to tell anyone. <laughs> once I got through those beer tables, I was like, okay, I think I've got about three miles left. I can do this, you know, and whether you're going to walk across the finish line, crawl across the finish line. If you have the personality to even sign up for a race like that, yeah, you're going to do it. Yeah, You're going to get across the finish line one way or the other. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that, that tells us about your spirit. Um, so we know you're competitive because anybody else wouldn't even attempt such a thing. 
Um, where do you think your drive and competitiveness comes from? Uh, ugh. it used to be just from parents that would push me as far as they thought I could go. So I, I was never really not, I wasn't ever really a sports player mm-hmm. when I was, you know, growing up, my dad played a lot of tennis. Um, but it didn't have to be sports. I mean, we did a lot of music competitions when I was growing up and, um, even just getting good grades in school, it was, it, it was never a competition with anybody else. It was always a competition against myself to see how far, how good I could be. And so I think that that's been a lot of drive. Um, now it's changed now that I have somebody that lives in my house that I can compete against. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm assuming that's your husband. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So it's, it's a, it's a battle. It's a, it's a running battle in the family head to head. Uh, he'll kick my ass in a sprint for sure. But I'll tell him to meet me on the marathon, uh, track and we'll, we'll duke it out. So you can take him, you can take him over 26.2. For now. I love it. He's he's going to catch me this year. I have a feeling. <laughs> All right. Well, well we're going to keep an eye on that. We're going to we're going to track that. So, let's go back to school and music. What uh what instrument? What was uh what was your connection with music? Uh, I was a clarinet player. Ah. Do you still play today? I don't. No, I played through college. Okay. Uh which it just I realized how much time it took. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, since I wasn't a music major, it wasn't something that I was willing to keep. Ugh. I couldn't keep going. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, I feel for your son because he has probably hours upon hours of practice and sectionals and concert prep and music writing. I mean, it was yeah for somebody like me that wasn't going to be ever a music major just to do the performance stuff. That was enough time and couldn't keep doing it. Yeah. It's, I think it's true. Um, somewhere along the way you, you assess like, is this going to be something you're going to maybe do in your career or like for him, he's, um, he was a music director of an off Broadway show at 20, uh, between 20 and 21 in New York city, which was just incredible for us to get to see him perform right there. And he was playing piano on stage. He wasn't like in a pit somewhere. Like he was part of the whole performance. He was right there. Um, through the multi-act performance, which was really amazing. And um, you're right, conducting, composing, all incredible amount of time, very time intensive. And now he does a lot of church stuff with music um, up in his community up there at school. But if you ever want to get yourself reinvolved, we'll pull my son in, we'll get you in, we'll get a little trio going, we'll get some instruments involved. And um, yeah, we'll do a music episode on Run Chats. It'll be yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, a little music jam. Yeah, we'll raise some money for healthcare. I'm... I'm um, trying to kick around ideas um, of how to try to find some way to do a live show or a live episode and um, raise some additional money and, and um, for meals and uh, PPE protective equipment um, for people on the front lines. Cause we're getting so crushed here in New York. And so it just hurts me in the soul, man. It hurts me deep. And I run our healthcare practice, our uh, healthcare technology group. So we've got frontline employees who have COVID and I'm dealing with uh, nurses and doctors that are in that, in that trauma mode right now. And it's just, it's tough. And, you know, I'm thankful 
um, for them, they're all running friends of mine too. And I know without running, we'd all lose our sanity at times like this. Cause it's, it's like virtually the only time, um, I go out here is to walk my dog or to go for a run or occasionally to restock on food. So we're in like caveman times. We just don't know it. We're going to, we're going to revisit this, uh, raising money. Cause I have a couple ideas for you and, uh, we can, we can chat about it offline. <laughs> I, abs- I absolutely love it. Cause that's where if you don't mention it and you don't throw it out there, um, I've been real hesitant to share my own posts when I'm sending food to hospital groups and I'm just sending food to people that I care about. And then I, I feel like I'm doing my own self an injustice because by putting those posts out there is nothing, you're not looking to get any credit. You're just trying to show other people like, Hey, maybe they haven't thought of doing this. Maybe they didn't think that something like this, you know, could be done as simple as just ordering a bunch of pizzas or ordering a bunch of bagels for, a bunch of nurses that are in any particular area, ICU, respiratory therapy, you know, frontline areas that are running ventilators. And um, there's certainly plenty of charities um, set up that I know of in New York City that are getting food trucks delivered to a few of the hospitals. And um, they're they're doing some wonderful work. So there's things out there. So I love the fact that you have some ideas and we will 100% brainstorm on it because I am, I'm not shy and neither are you. So I have no problem going on Facebook Live. I don't, I'm happy to make a fool of myself. Um, and, and figure out some way anyway to just, you know, get more attention to, to those beautiful people that are so selfless and sacrificing so much for us all so that we can, you know, make it through this thing. Yeah. So let's, let's go back, um, you know, to one of your huge overarching goals. It was one of the first things when I started following on Instagram that I saw was that you had a goal of doing um, 50 marathons before you turned 40. And I know you had to make a revision on that recently. So just let that all sink in. You you were looking to do 50 marathons by the time you were age 40, and now you've changed it to 60, right? Or did I get yeah. that wrong? I probably well, you got, got it right. I did. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not... I'm getting close. Okay. <laughs> I just turned 38 this year, so I'm getting really close, but last year it was kind of crazy with the number of marathons I ran. And then this spring, because I was training for an ultra, I actually did quite a few marathons in training. Now this is everybody out there. Listen up. Cause if you love to race and you want or need to convince your significant other that it's important for you to do these races, then train for an ultra and sign up for marathons because then you can tell them you're on a course is fully supported and you won't have any cars to contend with. You have all the water and the goo that you want or need, and you can have a little friendly competition with some of the people out there. So that's how I ended up running Atlanta. Cause I told my husband, you know, why don't you just drop me off <laughs> like 26 miles outside the city and I'll just run back. It was the same weekend as, uh, as the Olympic trials. Cause that's why we're going out there. We had a whole slew of friends running, wanted to see them compete. It's only a two hour drive from here. So it's really easy to get over there. And he's like, you want to run that damn marathon, don't you? <laughs> I, was, I was like, I did not say that. I said, just drop me off 26 miles outside the city and I'll run back. You said, oh, just run the marathon. Yeah. I'm keep this in mind. So that's how I ended up running in Atlanta. And, and didn't, I, you know, I, the, didn't I see you? I'm sure yes, I saw you. You, you ran yes, with me. You ran I knew, with me. For I, that. <laughs> I knew. I knew it was you, but it was like, is that Amy? Because it was literally. I was my my dear friend, uh, Doctor Bill Johncock, and his beautiful son Logan. Um, 
he pushes his son in the wheelchair and they, um, they were going to run their first Boston today. So I'm happy that I can give a shout out to Dr. Bill and Logan. They are the dynamic duo. Um, I need to get them their own Instagram page. I'm gonna have to start taking over social media for them because they need to understand like what kind of impact they can have. But yeah, I was waiting on them and you just like yelled out. I was like, Hey, and I, believe me, if I wasn't waiting on them, I would have rocked a couple of miles. Yeah. They're like, Hey, let's get a chance to hang out and run with Amy. Yeah. So yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I love that plan by the way. So let's just take that back a second because I, I've, I've counseled people and coached people that way many, many times. Like if you, if you need to do a long run and you're training for a marathon, jump in a half, same thing, run two or three miles in, as your warm up, then run the 13, maybe even do a huge chunk at marathon pace, maybe even do a, a, the whole thing at marathon pace, like whatever you're you know trying to do and then extend and do more. And now you got your 20 or 22 mile run in. And to your point, you got water, you got Gatorade, maybe even have some gels out there. So you're just, you just kicked it up a notch by doing marathons, training for the ultra and chalking a few more off of your list. And where are you at? Where are you at right now on this journey? What number are you at? I uh, just finished 53. You are ahead of me in lifetime marathons and you're a, young, oh, no. and you're a no. youngster. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I have to check. I think I'm 47 or 48. So I didn't hit 50 marathons yet, but I had a nine year gap in my running and I didn't start till I was 35. So it's, um, you know, I've done a lot of running in the amount of years that I've actually ran. Um, and I'm very happy with how it's all worked out. I wouldn't change Still it. Still amazing. Yeah. Even just running one marathon is amazing. So Yeah, I agree. I agree. So you're 53 in, seven to go. Uh, and you have two years. So this is, is going to be a layup. We might have to revise this, this goal. I know. I think my husband's, he keeps asking me when I'm going to be done. And I said, I'll probably die running. So Probably not for a while. If that's how you go, Amy, you know that's a good way to go. Yeah, I, I that's would. Fine I, with me. I would be good. Um, I I noticed uh, your ultra that you did was the Civil War March rights route, right? And you did that with your family. That is that the one you're referencing, or because I I remember that post that that struck that uh, stuck with me. Yes. So um, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Selma to Montgomery March that they took four days to do. Um, Selma is 51 miles, uh, west of the capital. And the, I'm not sure if you're really familiar with the story. Um, they had planned on doing the March and then they made it over the, uh, Pettus bridge and they were stopped by police and the police dogs. And so they, uh, had to wait a couple days until the next time that they could kind of gather everybody up and get started. And um, MLK went out there and they made the march. They stopped uh, and camped out across the way. Now imagine uh, starting out in March in Alabama and it's not extremely warm here yet, but it is, it could still get hot. And, you know, you have men in suits women in dresses and heels and stockings making this march for four days, 51 miles, uh, all to get to the steps of the Capitol to protest for equal civil rights. To me, that is just so powerful. And they have a civil rights run series that they do here down in Alabama just to bring awareness uh, and raise money. Uh, and so I, I signed up for that and it's supposed to be a relay, but, uh, you can do it solo as an ultra. And one thing that, 
uh, kind of struck me was, you know, doing this on your own is, it's a, it's doing my first ultra on my own. That was going to be a big step for me because what I learned is running 50 miles is not just running a back-to-back marathon. That's not, <laughs> that's not really how that works, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So my husband said, I asked him if he wanted to ride his bike and he said, no, I'll be in the car. I want to make sure that I have water and everything for you. Um, coronavirus happened. Um, I had to kind of shift the way that we were going to do this. Um, there were no water stops set up. Actually, I was the only person on the course. And then I had four people volunteer to run, uh, 10 mile blocks with me. Uh, and so they supported me that way. (laughs) And then my husband ran the last 10 miles with me and my daughter ran the last mile and a half. Those were, those were really nice pictures. Um, I could feel, you know, it was, I had a real feeling from, and the post as well. I knew it, I knew it meant a lot to you. Um, and I just think that's super cool, um, to just, to have that be your first and, you know, to, to do it with something that means something to you and then to have your family involved and, and get some close friends to help break the mileage up is great. Um, it's awesome stuff. Yeah. It's nothing like running two straight marathons, man. Ultras, <laughs> ultras, ultras are no joke. Um, so like my friends who mentioned, you know, they want to put their toe in the water and they want to do this. And I'm just like, okay, you know, it's, I love it. It's great. But, um, how have you trained? How have you prepared? And my friend Kate, who uh, Kate Powerty, who won the JFK 50, um, after I had finished the first um, three majors of last year when I did all six, and then I did the um, Brooklyn half and the New York City half mixed in there as well. And, you know, it's like June. So there's like virtually no recovery after all those other ones. She's like, I think you can, I think you're ready to do this 50 miler. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I haven't even trained. She goes, you know what? It's better. It's better that you haven't trained. She goes, because if you had, you would have had to be on the Stairmaster because it's like 10,000 feet of elevation. And she goes, I don't think you would do it. You're not going to go in the gym and go on the Stairmaster for like two hours. If I would have wrote those workouts for you, you wouldn't have done them. So this is better. You're not ready. Just do it. And of course, <laughs> she, she talks me into it. And I go do this thing. Oh, God, what an experience, man. Crazy. Nuts. But, Emotional. Yeah. You know what? I am... Um, I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. I got lost horribly with a group of oh, runners, gosh. like wildly lost, like run, you know, around in circles and just no idea because I didn't do my homework. You know, I didn't even know that you're supposed to follow the trail markers. I just figured it was a run. I'll just follow someone. Well, yeah, you don't do that in a trail race. That's a bad idea because um, you follow the wrong person and then you end up doing what we did, which is go around in circles, around in circles. And we finally re- retraced our steps after God knows how much time and got back and Oh added so many extra miles on it. Um, it's a marathon and a 50 in the same day on the same course. You just do loops of it. And when I, when I got back to where the turnaround is, where you start your second loop, you know, you should be on 26 point something miles, right? I was on 32, almost 33. And the race director's like, oh, where do you think you're going? I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I got to do my second loop. He's like, oh, no, no, it's going to be dark. You won't make it. It's not safe. And, you know, I tell this guy, my story, how I'm a complete idiot. And, you know, I don't know what I'm doing and it's all my fault. But instead of, you know, trying to blame anybody, cause that's what people do. Like, Oh, I went, you know, the, it wasn't marked right. You know, they're always looking for somebody to blame. It was totally my fault. I didn't know what I was doing. 
And the guy was like, you're the guy who's been making everybody crack up at the each stations. Everybody's telling stories about you. They said, you're hilarious. I go, he goes, you know what? You seem, like a, you seem like a good dude. Go ahead. And he goes, just promise me if they turn you around, wherever you are, you're going to come back. I said, scout's honor. Fortunately, he doesn't know I wasn't in the scouts, but I did mean it. I did mean it. I got back, Amy, to the parking lot. It's pitch black. I had run 43 miles. So most people probably would have just ran back to their car and got out of there. Uh-uh. I ran around people's campfires and people toasting marshmallows and hot dogs and drinking beers. I ran around in that parking lot for seven more miles and came across the line with 50.75 miles or something because I had to finish because I was afraid my friend Kate was going to like not run with me anymore and take my man card. So I did finish, but didn't get an official finish. So, But you finished. Of course. I had to, you know, because if, it, if it's not posted on Strava, it didn't happen. That's right. Absolutely right. We all know that. So yeah, I have, I have the proof, but someday I want to, I want to take on another ultra. It'll be fun. I think we learn a lot more about ourselves as we go way further out there. And we, you know, we've certainly learned we can finish marathons and even run fast marathons. But when you start venturing into 50 miles and the thought of maybe even like a hundred miles, man, that's uh, yeah. I saw your eyes. It was like the emoji (laughs) eyes. It's like, what? Yeah. A hundred. Maybe she'll talk me into doing a hundred. Yeah. We call that getting weird. Yeah. Yeah. She talks about people hallucinating and like having these out of body experience. I'm like, okay, I think it's better for you to go through that than me. She goes, no, no, no. You'll like it. You know, you'll like it. But I don't know. I'm not so sure. I am not, I am not above supporting someone that's going to run a hundred miles, but I, I, I'll just say it. I'm probably never going to do that. Well, <laughs> not, we'll, not in my wheelhouse. We'll see if we hang around each other long enough. Anything's possible. I can, I talk people into a lot of stuff. You'd be surprised. And it seems like people talk you into a lot of stuff. So. Oh, oh, I get roped into stuff so easily. I mean, literally, you could be like texting me, um, Ryan, you need to run 20 miles with me. Oh, I just ran 20 yesterday. Okay, all right, I'll do it. All right. Okay, sounds good. You know, as long as, as long as we have lunch after or we have brunch, you know, it's all good. If there's a meal involved, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna say yes, I'll do it. You know. But what makes us strong what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Yeah, you know, I was thinking I didn't have any Cheetos to bring on this. I mean, to be honest, you just had to say the word and Cheetos mm. are Cheetos are always here. And these are the yes. ba- these are the baked variety because we're trying to add something less, you know, not quite as bad as my normal candy and junk food. But yeah, we're not going to chomp on those right now because that would mean I need a beer or a beverage of some sort. And I'm drinking tea right now, which is kind of boring. Same. Yeah. But we're like, you know, late, a- you know, late afternoon here. So what, um, what's something that you're, that we haven't talked about before, maybe even on Instagram, something, you know, top of mind for you that you're outside of you know, the whole Corona thing, something that's on your mind, something out there that you're thinking about going after, um, besides that, that big, you know, goal of, of hitting that number. Uh, I honestly, I'm trying to keep the number of marathons pretty low the rest of the year. Uh, I think I only, I have three, four, See, it's already getting up there. It's already getting, it's out of control. (laughs) (laughs) So like I sign up for one and the next thing I know, someone is talking to me into running another one. And uh, (laughs) that's kind of how I got signed up for New York this year. Um, So the plan for the fall is to run Berlin. Hopefully everybody cross your fingers. It's still happening. I'm crossing them. I'm hoping uh, that we can get to Berlin. Um, 
I am currently in a uh, school program for the military. Um, I am at Air Command and Staff College down at Maxwell Air Force Base. And uh, I get the opportunity to stay here for another year and complete a second, more advanced course of study. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to take any time off <laughs> in that year of schooling. And so getting to Berlin might be a bridge too far. We're going to see. I might be able to convince people if I say, hey, I'm doing this for the Air Force. Uh I might be able to go. Um, so the the big goal this year is Berlin in September, and then that I'll be following that up by hopefully running for the Air Force again. Uh, right now, I think we've got four runners. Kind of, I'm I'm more or less captaining the team this year, uh, so I can I can kind of tweak the the roster a little bit. And I think I've got four good people in mind. I just need them to actually submit their applications and get permission to go. So, and that's at Marine Corps, right? That's a Marine Corps. Yes. Yeah. That's where you squ square off against every, all the other uh, military branches. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to come down and watch that. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. Yeah. Marine it's Co a beautiful course. If you've never run it, it's a beautiful course. Yeah. I have run it. Um, my ex-wife almost beat me there. That was a, oh. yeah, yeah. She had two 253s in her running days and um, I was setting out to break 240 that day. And uh, Greg McMillan, who was like still in grad school at the time, was coaching me and actually came to Marine Corps to run with me and, you know, to run a chunk of the race with me. And, you know, it just got really warm, really, really warm. And these were the days when we didn't do gels or any of that. That's the, yeah. I mean, there may have been gels out at that point, but it wasn't something runners really understood the science behind. Like now you just know, like take a Morton, take a goo or X, Y, X, how, X number of intervals and you're going to perform better. Um, and you could make it with just water and Gatorade if you have enough. And, it, and we had bottles on the table, but we don't. So I just didn't get enough fluids in and man, I got so dizzy out there. I think I was like seeing like multiple people and I will never forget this. It's one of my funniest stories, but I'm sure it wasn't funny for the couple that it happened to, but a husband and wife were like, you know, pushing their baby in a baby carriage. And I pretty sure that I like yelled to them because they were like, you know, on the course. And, and I like, you know, <laughs> said to them, I was like, Hey, can you guys move over? And then they just start like waving to me. Like they knew me. And I said, Oh, that bagel looks really good. Can I have it? And she was like, what? I said, can I have your bagel? And she just like looked at me and I just like <laughs> took the bagel. <laughs> I took the bagel. I was like, so, so delirious at that point. I think I was like 24 and a half, like somewhere around Haynes point. Like, so those people, I never had a chance to make amends. If if you ever have a way of listening to this podcast, please know that the crazy guy who stole your bagel, he didn't he didn't mean anything by it. Didn't mean to like wreck your afternoon. But yeah, that may be one of the crazier things I've ever done in a marathon. But we need to go find those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need. I need to send them a dozen bagels at least, like to make reparations. It's like even that might not be enough. Could, might need to send more. And that's the problem with that course is you never know what kind of weather you're going to get in DC. Yeah. It could be beautiful that day. It could be 85 or like this past year, it could be pouring rain, like buckets and buckets of water. Yeah. It was really hot that day. Um, I can't remember how hot, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was mid seventies and humid. It, it was just really hot. And I remember that at the end of the course there, there was just like no one there. We were just like running around and there was no one there. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, as old as I am, it's like a hundred years ago. So, you know, mm. anything, anything goes that far back, but yeah, it's all good. But I barely held my ex off in that race. I probably ran like 248 or something or 249 and she ran 253, but she was third. She was third woman overall that year. She got in runner's world, you wow. know, back then, back then runner's world, like when you, they would place, they would put the top three and they would put the top three masters runners in, you know, in the article. And of course they'd write about whoever won for the men's and women's race, but that was a big deal. That was cool to get ink in runner's world. Yeah. It was good yeah. stuff. They should go back to doing that. They I don't should. Know they, I don't know if they still do that. They sh- I, don't, I don't think they do. I'm obviously the formats change so dramatically over time, but yeah, I think that's super cool. And if you need top three, yeah, you need some ink in runner's world, right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So, um, other than that, anything, you have the coaching thing going on, right? How's that going for you? Coaching is awesome. Uh, it is, we call it the side hustle, but it's kind of evolving into more than a side hustle, even though, I mean, my husband and I have full-time jobs being in the military. So, um, but this is something that we've wanted to do for a while. And we finally just said, okay, let's just do it. And he has been getting uh, certified in leadership coaching. So this is something that he's, you know, very involved in doing. And it is just, I have learned so much, not just about my athletes, but I've learned so much about myself in this whole process in the past. So we've officially been coaching now for four, almost five months. And it is unbelievable the amount you can learn about yourself and the amount you can learn about your athletes what drives people, how to create goals, how to set goals, how to push people outside of their comfort zones. I mean, as somebody that's just starting out in this coaching thing, I, I wish I had these sort of, uh, resources, you know, when I was first starting running, because I'll look back, you know, 20 years ago and, and say with that very first half marathon I ran that I was so miserable afterwards. And I'm like, Oh, if I had had a coach to tell me, Hey, you should probably not start out at a 640 pace for one mile and kill yourself <laughs> and then slow to like 839 minute miles because that's your true pace. But that's what makes it a legendary memory when you do something oh, yeah. completely insane. Yeah. Like when I run my first New York and my longest run is 14 miles and I'm going out at sub seven pace, like thinking I have some idea that like, that's going to be okay. No, no. How did the story end? Badly. Okay. That's how it ends. But you know what? It becomes a great war story. And, yes. you know, and also it feeds into your wanting to help other people and give them the tools they need. And, and also when you're doing those things, you, it's incredibly fulfilling, you know, as a human being, but also it helps shape your own thoughts about training and running because you have to practice what you preach, right? You can't just tell somebody who's trying to make an Olympic trials or trying to run a sub three or trying to run a BQ to follow these kind of rules and regulations and systems because they're going to work and then turn around and just, you know, go off the grid yourself. So you yeah. kind of have to practice what you preach, right? I agree with that, except I don't actually do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, most people don't. Yeah. Like we're really good at giving advice for other people. No, take a day off. It's really fine. You're fine. You don't need to go out and run eight miles to hit 50 for the week. It's meaningless. Don't worry about it. But if it was your log, you'd be like, oh no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. No, I'm not missing my 70 mile week, 60 mile week, hundred doesn't. Nope. Nope. Sorry, gotta get gotta get to the number. Gotta make it happen. 
I've run around in parking lots and airports. <laughs> I've done some completely nutty things. And every runner that listens to this show at some point either will or has done them or will do them at some point too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I think I thought that to myself when I was running a mile, a single mile in the Tokyo airport to keep up my run streak. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. <laughs> I was like, why am I doing this? I'm running in the underground tunnel between terminals in jeans at like two o'clock in the morning. You just, Why? you just scored bonus points with me and everybody who's listening from run chat. So huge bonus points. You're going to get another 50 followers easy. Just, just on that alone. I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you right now, that could be the clip we use to promote the episode. Who knows? I mean, honestly, running around in airports, is, that's, that's big. I'm a big fan. I never, I never knew that I would have gone that far. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, this is how the sport pulls us in and just grabs a hold of us. And I think it's a super cool thing. So how many runners are you working with at this point? Uh, we have 12 athletes. Um, and then of course I need mean, to coach my daughter and my husband and he coaches me. So do we count each other? I guess we could, <laughs> but we don't really, <laughs> um, we really don't do any sort of outside advertising. Um, everything's pretty much word of mouth. So a okay. lot of our athletes know each other. Um, and a lot of them are, are local, which is nice for us because, well, if we weren't in the situation we were in now uh, with coronavirus, we can actually get together with them and see how they're running, which I like to do. Um, I mean, now we have to kind of be like, well, do you have somebody that can film you running and you can send it to us in a, in a chat and we'll look and give you some feedback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things that we, we've all adopted the zoom life, man. We're just, we're living the zoom life and you know, like God bless. Cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't do a pod like this without seeing you. I just, I have to see a person. I got to look across to them and um, it's, it saved me because my whole purpose of the show was to have face-to-face conversations at races and be sitting down with somebody, because as we all know, it's just different when you're in the room together and you just, you have a, a better connection, but zoom is, uh, it's been a godsend. And for all the ki- all the parents at home that have to, uh, work with school systems or, you know, having lesson plans and work with remote teaching and, you know, my son and his college and all the kids that are, um, you know, basically, you know, gone remote for college or all schools, some schools are canceled. New York City schools are all shut down at this point altogether. So crazy times, but are, now do you have a website or anything? Do you have a plan to get a website up for the coaching at all that we could promote or put it into the show notes or? Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's um, Natural Athlete Training System. Awesome. It's a play on words because it's Nats and there's two of us. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So I'll we'll link that up in the show notes for sure. Um, Thank you. On Facebook. And are you are you going to do an Instagram page for the coaching at some point or no? You're just going to keep it all uh, through there. No, we'll probably just keep. Uh, we we coach off of VDOT, so we'll probably just keep the two platforms. I I spend enough time on my own personal Instagram page. <laughs> it's a lot, you know. Yeah. Captain's log star date. Isn't that your thing that you have when you, when oh, you yeah. start your post? <laughs> yeah. Big fan. You know, somebody, somebody asked me about that. Cause I think I, I skipped a day and they're like, where's the captain's log? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, I did not know that you were expected. <laughs> Listen, I'm a big fan. I mean, I was a star Trek from the beginning. I was right there. So yeah, it keeps us, uh, keeps us grounded. How else are we going to know what day we're in? We don't know. We have, uh, my, uh, 
uh, Team O'Leary Racing Team that I'm part of, uh, Team ORT, we started up a couple of like just individual, it's a private Facebook group and uh, we've got a Strava group and we just did a couple of like individual things to, just to try to keep ourselves from just completely losing our shit mostly. Um, but one was uh, just like a list of challenges that each of us would do that Casey Kilareski, who made the trial, she was a guest a couple of episodes back and she's one of our coaches. So she just wanted us to pick a couple of things that we were going to focus on, whether it was yoga, breathing, um, anything that could help us with stress, of course, running, strength, training, and just like checking in day by day with different things like that. So that's one thing she was leading. And I was in charge of starting like a movie club and, you know, just trying to come up with movies or books that we might read. And, uh, you know, I listed like six movies, but I like secretly wanted Groundhog Day to be selected. And sure enough, Groundhog Day was selected, which how appropriate was that? Because the other ones are all like dog movies and fun movies or other stuff. But it's like, no, 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 we needed Groundhog Day because we're all living Groundhog Day. We don't know if it's morning or night anymore. We don't know what, if it's a weekend or a weekday. We don't know anything. You know, people I'm are stuck in that. Yeah, yeah. People are morning drinking, day drinking, night drinking. You know, there's no rules anymore. You know, rules are all gone at this point. But so what do you what are you reading right now? You reading anything? Uh, gosh, I got a couple of books um, on my night table. And sometimes I'll just reread uh, some of the same books. Duel in the Sun, I went back to because uh, I need to have some running books to always, you know, kind of you know, keep the interest there. So that's Salazar and Dick Beardsley's duel. And uh, my friend, Steve Sisson, who has uh, his podcast, who was a guest of mine a couple back after CIM, they just started a legend series where they're looking at old races and just doing a deep dive. And I'm pretty certain his second one is going to be on Joan, Joni Samuelson's first win in at, uh, LA. And I guess it's 1984, right? So yeah, the, the duel in the sun was just, uh, you know, I've read the book multiple times, but they did a nice episode on it. So that caused me to pull that out. Um, I'm forgetting the title of, uh, the person who did the fastest trek across the, um, South pole. I'm forgetting the title. I'm blanking and I'm embarrassed. Uh, it's a terrific read. I could put it in the show notes for anybody. Cause it's just, it's remarkable. Like they had to take their sled and they're responsible for everything. They could leave no waste. Um, no one could bring them any food or supplies completely solo all the way one end to the other. And it was two uh, teams, you know, one guy in his sled and the other guy in his sled. And they went, you know, mano a mano, head to head. And they both made it. Um, no one had ever made it all the way. Um, so I feel like such a fool right now. <laughs> I can't think of his name. And I turn my phone off when I do the podcast so that I don't have it near me or <laughs> ringing and distracting. Otherwise, I could have just Googled it and like checked it out. But I can't go walking into my, pick it up off my nightstand because I've got the the wired heads on for the pod. So I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but it's, oh God, it's like fascinating. I mean, imagine being that isolated, just that alone and just looking at a whiteout of snow every single day and, you know, just conditions that are just mind boggling with winds and, and frigid cold and, you know, just, just being out there with yourself. Again, yeah. that's more isolated than right now for me and I'm climbing the wall. So you don't, I can't, I can't be doing any expeditions like that. No, That's, I'm, I'm, fa I'm failing that one. So I'm just going to say no, no dice on that can't happen. And then the alchemist is always on my night table. So I'm reading that again. always enjoying. What about you? Uh, well, I'm in school, so we've got an army at dawn, ah. which is about the invasion of, uh, North Africa during world war two. Okay. Uh, everybody's favorite. The Tome on War by Carl von Clausewitz. <laughs> wow. 
That looks uh, that's hefty. And I'm gonna this is, I'm gonna this get, is brutal. I'm gonna guess that's really small font. I can see from here that just looks like um that's a huge book to plow through. Yeah. Heavy duty. Uh, nothing oh. nothing light for fun. Uh okay. So I just started reading Ready Player One. Okay. Um, and this should be required reading, really, because it's just such a great, you know, it's iconic 80s through the whole book. Okay. And kind of just takes me back to when I was a kid, you know, Rubik's Cube, all the uh, John Hughes movies. So great. Cool. Um, so if you haven't read it, um, it's completely different than the movie. And it's just a really fun read. Awesome. Love the recommendations. Well, I have to say, Amy, it's been an absolute blast uh, having you here in my living room with me, spending time chatting all things running. You've been an absolute great guest. And I'm rooting for you to do some awesome stuff and slash your PRs down way further because you got a real shot to go run in the next trials. I think you got a real shot. Is that going to be a I'll goal? Be, I'll be over 40 by then. <laughs> well, you don't worry about that. Don't. Okay. Age is just a number, right? Well, My kid still thinks I look like I'm 25, you, so I'll, you, I'll take it. I'll tell you, you look, you look great. You look very young. Um, but is it, is it a goal? Is it, is it in your head after seeing what went down in Atlanta? You were there for that weekend. I was there. I haven't said it out loud to anyone and we'll kind of just stew on it for a little while. Okay. Well, I'll just, I think it's put it out there for yourself. Even if it's, you don't have to put it on your refrigerator yet. You don't have to go, <laughs> you don't have to go all in yet. Like we talked about before we rolled on, but I think, I think it's in your wheelhouse. I think you can maybe, make maybe think, once I read David Goggins a couple more times, yes, I'll be all in. Yes. And can I recommend for anybody listening? Cause I read the hardcover multiple times and I'm a big fan of hardcover books and, and, and actually reading the book and the tactile feel of pages and all, but the audio book with Adam Skolnick is just, it's, it's spectacular. Um, because after every chapter, they peel back the covers and really dive in on exactly what David's mindset was as he, as each of these stages progress and what he was feeling. And, you know, it just, it's just remarkable to hear him in his voice and Adam's voice in the back and forth, you know, like navigating through what those emotions and feels were like. And I have to say that in these COVID times, it's been a favorite for me to be out there on any run that I've decided I just need to go further because there's no purpose to training right now. And frankly, there shouldn't be. Um, if you feel like you need to keep running fast because it makes you feel better, go for it. But, you know, don't be worried about running hard intervals and other stuff like that right now because there's just, it just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, just keep yourself healthy um, and just do whatever is going to make you feel healthy when you're out there on runs. Because at this point, we're not going to be racing anytime soon, you know? But if you want to go run virtual time trials and all, you know, go good for you. Whatever, if that makes you happy, go for it, you know? And if you want to just run easy, go for it. And you know what else? Take your watch off. You know, go for a run without a watch. Don't worry about how many miles are on Strava. Just go out there and run by feel. And take lots of pics like I do, because it'll distract you from the chaos that's all around you, because we all need to relax and breathe. I know, because it's good for us, right? Yes. Well, anyway, thank you so much again. Uh, really appreciated spending time with you, getting to know you better, Amy. And like I said, rooting for you. All the best with your running. Best to you and your husband and your daughter. And... Uh, Hopefully that we all make it through this thing on the other side soon and we can get back to real racing and, and giving each other real hugs and high fives and uh, get out together on a run. And I hope to see you in Berlin. 
because yes, that absolutely. would be that would be really fun. And I know my way around because this would be my third Berlin, so I can I can, <laughs> I can give you some some tips and pointers. Well, we used to live there, so well, not in Berlin. We used to live in Germany, so oh, then you can give us pointers. We'll, we'll do we'll yeah. do maybe we'll do an episode from from Berlin over there. How great! Yeah. You know, I always take my stuff with me because it's it's fun to do uh, episodes on the run. It's a really fun thing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure just sitting down and getting a chance to actually talk to somebody who's living in New York. It's such a crazy time and my hat's off to you and your whole staff and we will get together offline and talk about what we can do to help some of these people that are going through what they're going through. I love it. That's a, that is a great place to end it because um, we are going to. Uh, we'll brainstorm and we'll come up with some some actual action plan, a plan to do something because you have to do things in these times. You have to make that definitive step forward and just do something because every single time we do, we feel better and it's important. So anybody at home that's stuck and paralyzed and can't get off the mark on some, just do something, write something down and just give yourself some goal of something. I don't care what it is and just do it. I promise you, you'll feel better. So my friends that are out there listening, you keep lacing them up and you get out that damn door. I don't care when you go, get out that door and run. You will feel better. And if you're not feeling like running right now, get on a bike and ride a bike, ride a scooter with your kid, do something where you're moving, run with your dog on a trail, just get out there into the elements safely, of course, wear a mask, wear a bandana, wear a buff, do whatever you got to do, but be out there safe in nature and it'll help you. Uh, deal with the stress and all of the emotions we're, we're going through right now. So we're going to do our sign off, Amy. So we're going to just say, as always, peace out and always remember to stay in the fight. God bless everybody. Take care. Wow. That was so much fun. I really enjoyed Amy's company. She just has a wonderful energy and a great spirit about her. And you can just tell if she sets a goal in her life, She's going to figure out a way to get it done. So definitely, you got to get over to her Instagram page at USAF Amy Runs. Definitely give her a follow. See what she's up to. And at least she'll be able to keep track of what day in the pandemic we're at. She uh, leads off her posts with that every day. I get a kick out of it. It reminds me of Star Trek back in the day, like Star Trek log XYZ. So definitely fun stuff there. Keeping us up to date on what's happening with Alabama and her running at this point where we're all kind of in quicksand at the moment, but we're all going to figure it out because we all know we need our miles out there to keep ourselves together. I really enjoyed hearing her talk about her experiences competing in that world championship race over in China. What, a, what an experience for her. And I think it was a terrific family affair getting that 50-mile run done on the Civil Rights March route from Selma to Montgomery. That is really something else. And her daughter's only 10 years old and in fifth grade, and you could tell she's definitely getting her involved with running. And it sounds like her husband's a threat on the shorter distances, but Amy can still hold them off at the marathon distance for now. We're going to have to keep an eye on that for sure. And I, for one, am hoping that the um, Marine Corps race does take place this year. I'm hoping, um, like all of us are, that any race will take place. But if it does, I may have to go down there and do a live podcast and track Amy and her cohorts competing uh, against each other, all the military squads facing off for bragging rights. I think she said they came in second last year. So we'll definitely keep a close eye on that. 
But anyway, I am super excited to follow her run journey from here. I think Amy's got a great shot at the trials coming up. And if she continues to progress at the rate she had, I think it's definitely something that she could make happen. So I hope you all enjoyed this convo as much as the two of us did. Um, she's uh, a quality person for sure. Give her a follow. I'm going to tag in the show notes her coaching page, her and her husband's coaching page, Nats FB. I'll link that up in the show notes so you can all uh, take a look if you're interested in getting some coaching from them down in the Alabama area or even remote. Maybe you want to do something virtual. So I will make sure that's all available to you all in the show. And again, as I always say to everyone who's taken the time to do a review on the pod or subscribe to the Run Chats channel, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, those reviews are our lifeblood and they really help us uh, find new listeners for the program. So if this episode with Amy inspires you and fires you up as it did me, uh, please take a moment, maybe share it on Instagram stories, on your Instagram page, Facebook, or wherever. Let let your friends know in your Strava Run community anywhere that Amy's an absolute worthy follow and uh, somebody you should be tracking and paying attention to. So once again, before I sign off, I wish you all well and wish you all health and safety uh, wherever you are in the in the times that we're in, which are unprecedented. I hope you're all um, keeping safe and running safely, uh, socially distant with masks, buffs, bandanas, or something on to protect yourself in case a runner comes around the corner unexpectedly, a dog walker or anybody else for that matter. Because sometimes when we least expect it, somebody could just be appear right in front of us and we want to be safe in these times. It's, it's really, really important. So I say to you again, thanks for all of your uh, people for tuning in, for writing reviews and uh, being positive supporters of this pod. It means the world to me. Appreciate all of the support. And I recently uh, started a GoFundMe page um, after talking with Amy uh, that inspired me to move and, and get that off the ground. So start a GoFundMe page if anybody who's listening to the show is interested in helping feed our healthcare workers that are on the front line here in New York City, where we're so hard hit, New York City, New Jersey. Um, every uh, contribution would be greatly appreciated. And that, as well as your support for the show, uh, mean a lot to me. And thank you all for tuning in. And thanks for being part of Run Chats and being part of the family. So I will say to you all, peace out and always remember to stay in the fight. God bless everybody. <laughs>